Welcome to the Unity of the Valley Spiritual Center podcast featuring Reverend Dahlia Adams. You may visit us online at unityvacaville.org or you may visit us in person at 350 North Orchard Avenue in Vacaville, California. And now, here is Reverend Dahlia Adams. Welcome to Unity of the Valley Spiritual Center. My name is Reverend Dahlia, and I am so honored to be here with you today. This is 2023, and this year we've been returning to the question, how shall we live? And we've talked about many, many different things. And today I want to focus on living in a way in which we know we are blessed. And knowing that we're blessed changes everything. It can change a difficult day to a gentler day. It can turn an ordinary day into a very amazing day. In particular today, I want to talk about what it means to know that we are blessed by the earth. Actually, we are blessed with the earth, with the presence of everything that is on our earth, not just by the earth in general. To be blessed, you know, it's a word that I've heard most of my life. I've never really thought about it much except that in terms of counting blessings. But the experience of being blessed is an experience of being divinely favored. Somehow that the universe is looking out for me. The universe is gifting me. The universe is giving me opportunities for joy. Or I could say God or divine spirit or blessed mother, mother, God is whatever name for that which we call God that you are comfortable with. Whatever that is, that experience of being divinely favored, almost like the universe is winking and saying, here, this is for you. Being blessed is an experience of being gifted by God. And as I was reading about it, one, one author, and I don't remember who at this point wrote, that it's the experience of living in the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus taught that the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is within us and around us. So this experience of the kingdom of God within me or the kingdom of heaven within me and around me, and as I walk, I walk on sacred ground, and everything I see is an expression of the divine. That's what it means to be blessed. So to be blessed could also be described a little more intellectually, to be conscious or to be aware that I am divinely favored and gifted by God. So pause a moment, close your eyes, if you will, and ask yourself, how am I 
gifted by God in this moment? What is it that's a gift to me in this very moment? And whatever came up was the right thing. And it might be a practice to enter into quickly, quietly, two, three times a day, maybe nine in the morning, noon and 6 p.m., or pick a time. And how am I being gifted in this moment? How am I blessed in this moment? And for me, the ability to remember that I am blessed by this earth of ours, that I am blessed by God through the gifts that I receive in this earth of ours happens for me when I'm outdoors most of the time. And I have often stopped and taken pictures and then looked at the pictures again and I have pictures up right now. I'm sorry for those who are listening on a podcast, but I have a picture up of a Silomar State Park. And there are large rocks and the pink haze of sunset behind. And what that brings up for me is that feeling of being blessed, that feeling of awe, that sense that God is present in this, in this scene. My next picture is a, a picture of a golf course, but it's especially the way the light is hitting and there are trees and the way the shadows of the trees are aligned. And it's a very tranquil, gentle, but slightly regal picture. The trees are standing very straight. Then I, I have a photograph of a small lake overlooking the Sierra Nevadas or maybe just the foothills of the Sierra Nevadas. I'm not exactly sure where the boundary is, but again, it's the majesty of the mountains, the reflection in the water, the trees in the foreground. And again, it's sunset, so there's a little bit of pink color in the clouds, reflected in the water. Or the next one is a picture of giant dunes that are in the process of turning into cliffs. And it's a beach that goes on for a long, long way. And again, the lighting in the sky and the formation of the clouds. It's dramatic. It says, here I am. Look at me. Look in me and feel the awe. I have another photo from an overlook on the coast of California. And you see the, the beautiful coastline, the cliffs that drop into the ocean, the trees in the foreground, the beautiful blue of the water. So these moments that are dramatic and amazing and at least fill me up with the sense of God's majesty and presence, the earth's beauty. This is a moment 
in which I am knowing that I am blessed, a moment that I'm honoring that blessing, open to it, aware of it, conscious of it. And in many ways, in those moments, the earth is mine. The earth is mine because I know how to take it in and experience it. And how that's meaningful is that if the earth is mine, and if I care about it, then it's up to me to act in ways that I show that caring, that appreciation, that sense of being blessed. And that could be very different from any of us. We recently, in our um, spiritual center, in our community, had a gathering around a lake, a lagoon, where members picked up trash. That is a way of caring for the earth. Or we recycle plastics and cans, and we have volunteers who go out and bring them to the recycle centers. That is a way of caring for the earth. We have solar-powered electricity. And so we make efforts. Obviously, we, we're not doing everything we could. That's usually the case. But when I or when we come from that sense of being blessed or appreciating it, we, we claim it as ours. And then we find ways of acting accordingly. And sometimes what happens is with time, we find more and more ways. I have up a picture of, of flowers, of tulips. And they look very, very elegant with the way the light is hitting them. And to stop and to notice flowers or trees, or architecture, the many ways that our earth is populated with living and non-living things, all reminders that we are blessed by the earth. And so in the Gospels, in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 3, in the Sermon on the Mount, which is a sermon that Jesus gave, a teaching. He was probably most likely giving pieces of that at different times, and it got compiled as one teaching. But in the midst of it are, in the midst of all of these teachings, are the Beatitudes, and they're teachings on how we should be. And so in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 3, one of the Beatitudes is blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And again, I, I've had difficulty with some of the Beatitudes understanding what the meaning is. But what I've come to understand is the meek are not wimps. The meek are not people who are afraid. The meek are those that are open to something greater than themselves. The meek are willing to align with what we call the will of God, the greatest 
intention of our earth. Eknath Eswaran, a teacher we've mentioned before, he's Indian-American. He wrote a book called Original Goodness, and the book discusses these Beatitudes. And in it, he said the meek to be meek, or that quality of meekness, is represented by an absence of self-will, an absence of that, it's got to be my way or no way. It, it represents a lacking, a drive toward dominance overall. That sense that I don't need to have power over everything in my life. I don't need to have power over other people. I don't need to have power over that lake. I don't need to have power over the pastures that there is almost an indigenous philosophy, an indigenous people's way of thinking that we are related to the earth. We are part of the fields and the mountains and the lakes and the clouds. So being meek is showing a gentleness and an appreciation toward creation. And Eknath Esran says, to be meek is having a proud humility, in quotes. And then he goes on to explain that the source of this proud humility is the awareness of the divine spark within our hearts. So when we know our oneness with God, when we feel that presence of God within us, when we experience the kingdom of God within and around us, we approach our earth with this proud humility, with this gentleness, and once again, we experience it as our own. Francis of Assisi wrote a long, long song, and it begins with the words, Brother Sun and Sister Moon. He treated all creatures as brothers and sisters. He treated the sun and the moon as his brother and sister. And he came from this attitude of gentleness toward the earth. And again, so it becomes a way of experiencing the kingdom of heaven, both within and around us. Elizabeth Sand Turner, uh, an early teacher in the unity movement. She's written several books, one of which is Your Hope of Glory. And in it, she discusses different Bible passages. And in her book, she wrote, to be meek is to have an attitude of receptivity to divine will. So again, the same theme as the other teachers and examples that we have. And then Emmett Fox, also a spiritual teacher in the 20th century. He's, he was Irish-American, and he wrote a book called The Sermon on the Mount. And in it, he writes about the Beatitudes and what they mean. And according to Emmett Fox, 
To be meek is to have a state of mind that includes a perfect willingness to allow the will of God to come again about. Again, the same idea. The meekness is a willingness to allow that will of God to work through us instead of saying, no, I want to do it my way. And we do that sometimes. I've done it. I'm not proud that I've done it. It's gotten me into trouble a lot. But we do that. And then it's coming back to know I, I honor and I align with that will of God and I trust that that will of God is bringing me my greatest good, my highest joy. Emmett Fox wrote that to be meek represents an open-mindedness, faith in God, and a realization that the will of God for us is always something joyous and much better than anything we can think of for ourselves. Oh, and I have so many examples of that. When I was in graduate school, I, I had this idea, this goal that I, I would do an internship at the area's most prestigious hospital, Cle Cleveland Clinic. And we were required to do year-long internships every year of graduate school. And so six of them were in the Cleveland area where my university was. And Cleveland Clinic was the prized internship because it opened doors. The prestige of the hospital, of the institute, opened job possibilities, opened doors to further academic studies. So I, I picked Cleveland Clinic. And in order to be allowed to interview there, the head of the clinical psychology department had to give you permission and send a referral. They would not interview anybody that didn't have that. And so at the university, at the graduate school, the clinical director usually picked one student and one student only to be referred to Cleveland Clinic. And I got it. I got the referral to Cleveland Clinic. And I was thrilled. I was so excited about it. And about two weeks later, the referrals and the assignments happened at the end of the school year. And then after the summer, the internship began. So I had a couple of weeks of being thrilled with this referral. And the clinical director called me in and he said, Dahlia, I'm going to give that referral to somebody else, and I'm going to send you to one of our brand new internships. He goes, take it as a compliment. I want to make a good impression on this new internship site. Oh my gosh, I was angry. He was sending me to an insurance corporation from one of the most prestigious clinical institutions in the area to an insurance agency. Oh, I was disappointed. My life was over. I wasn't going to ever get a good job. I wasn't going to get the recommendation I sought, and on and on and on and on. 
But I had no choice. I had to say yes or completely forfeit. Unlike the times I've said no to God, then I've been able to stumble along and kick myself in the shins and um, get myself in trouble. So I went and I worked the internship. I started it at the insurance corporation. And within a few weeks, Cleveland Clinic announced that it was be reorganizing. And for that year, they were suspending all of their training positions, which means that the person who replaced me at Cleveland Clinic had no internship that year. And whoever failed to have an internship had to work an extra year because there were a certain number that were required. I would have been the person who lost a year. Instead, I worked at the insurance corporation and my supervisor, my clinical supervisor at the insurance corporation happened to be the son-in-law of the new training director at Cleveland Clinic the following year. So I got to know the new training director through several meetings when he came to the insurance corporation. We had conversations. My supervisor at the insurance corporation highly recommended me. And the next year, this new training director contacted my clinical program and said, we're not interviewing any students. We want Dahlia for our training experience. So the will of God had for me a much better, much bigger blessing than I had in mind for myself. So to be meek is to align with the will and the power of God as we create our material experience of the earth. So it's not just finding that deep appreciation and connection with nature, with, with our beautiful planet. It's being able to see God in the challenges. I didn't see God in that challenge that I described with my internships, but I ended up blessed anyway. And it also allows us to create the lives we want to live. We teach in unity the power of our thoughts, the power of our intentions, the power of our consciousness. So when our consciousness is that of being meek in the sense that we've been talking about, being meek in the sense that we surrender to the will of the divine, we say yes to that which is asking to happen in our lives. If we see God in that which is unfolding and we align with it, the creative power that is within us is magnified because we are bringing into that situation the creative power of God. We are bringing in the creative power of the divine that lives within us. And we are much more effective in bringing into being that which we truly want in our lives. 
So we appreciate the earth that is gifted to us, and we see it as a blessing, and we experience the blessing of our own creative process. And we follow the example of Jesus, who in the Gospel of John, chapter 5, verse 30, said, I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father. And so it is. We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support this podcast, you may do so at unityvacaville.org. Dot org.